This film was approved under the Motion Picture Code of Self-Regulation. And now... We're thinking in terms of a film. The question is... What are we trying to do with this movie? By George. That is a good question. Is everybody happy? Let's go. Uh, hey, we're back. Uh, welcome to Film Frowned, yet another bad movie podcast. Um, thanks to our patrons and our listeners for their support while I took a, like a mental health break. And uh, the upcoming shows for Film Frown feature a number of people like Arturo who have been cheering us on to return to bad movies because they had so much fun before. So this season, like, I've already seen, like, Jacob and Arden and Jen and Daniel J. Hogan sign up to do episodes, so it should be cool. And by us, uh, I mean uh, me. You can call me Chris. Uh, no, please do. Winter in Canada is a lonely place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as always, my talented co-host, the man who coined the Klingon phrase, which I will not attempt to say for hug, not blood, is Paul. <laughs> Laksha. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, tonight, from the much warmer and much cozier Mexico, is a friend who was recently on our uh, Montreal Sauce Halloween special, Arturo. Please uh, tell the nice... Please tell the nice listeners about yourself. Hi, I am um, Arturo. I am um, Mexican, and uh, I'm a programmer. And I used to be a James Bond fan when I was little. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then you watched this movie when you were older. Yeah, and yeah, it's just, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, so my... Uh... My spouse and I are kind of going through all the Bond movies again, and we just recently watched this one, and I was like, bingo, this is film from worthy. Like, mm -hmm. this is, You Only Live Twice, 1967, uh, supposedly it was going to be uh, Connery's last film because he was kind of tired of being typecast, but this series was so popular that he, uh, he, um, he was getting like hounded during the making of this film in Japan. Like <laughs> I was reading on like IMDb and Wikipedia, like supposedly like a Japanese newspaper, like had a picture of him on a toilet. Like they just followed him everywhere. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, uh, the weird thing about this film is that it was, uh, written by uh doll. Um, what's his first name? Rola Rola. How do I even say that? It seems like there should be an end, but there's not. Uh, <laughs> it's Roll Dahl, um, the guy who wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, James and the Giant Peach, Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox, etc. <laughs> that actually explains so much about this movie. <laughs> really? Like, like for real? For real. What? <laughs> uh, yeah. And you won't be surprised after watching this film to find out that this was only one of two screenplays that he did. <laughs> um, which was interesting because uh, there's like a quote that I found all over the internet. Like, Dal like, I guess like the other movies tried to be like Ian Fleming's books, but this one has nothing to do with the book called You Only Live Twice. Because Dahl considered that book to be Fleming's worst wor work, 
Worst book with no plot in it, he said. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and the other interesting thing, I guess, is that You Only Live Twice, the book, was the last uh, James Bond novel published while Ian Fleming was alive. The other two two more were posted posthumously. Mm. So, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I... Like Arturo, I watched a lot of James Bond movies like on TV and thought they were cool. And ooh, I get to stay up and watch this movie uh, with my parents. Um, and then, like when the second Daniel Craig movie came out, like people were like, "Did you buy tickets already?" Like we got tickets, like even mm. before. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, what what's happening here?" Like. I just think like it was like the age of internet marketing or something. Cause I was like, I like bond movies, but I'm not like standing in line for three hours, like prequel star Wars <laughs> stuff. Right. Like, right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting, but maybe I just didn't know. I didn't know that there is this huge James Bond world. I was, so. uh, as a kid, I never really watched any James Bond movies. I probably didn't, the first James Bond movie I watched, I'm sure, was in the Pierce Brosnan era. Um, and it wasn't even the good Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie. Uh, <laughs> it was one of the ones after that. I think it was the one with the uh, the um, ice hotel um, and the submarine that crashes through the... Anyway, yeah. Uh, and it was... I mean, it was... They were fun action movies, but that's kind of all... They were. And then when uh, I don't think I saw Casino Royale in the theater because I was kind of like, eh. Um, but then when I ended up seeing it later, I was like, OK, there's something new going on here. Uh, and I have enjoyed for the most part the uh, the Daniel Craig um, James Bond movies, although they feel to me very different than classic James Bond. Like I feel like you can draw a pretty straight line from the Connery era pretty much all the way through the Pierce Brosnan era. Um and then when it switches to Daniel Craig, I feel like there's there's a lot of homage in the newer ones, but they they feel distinctly different. Um they feel like they decided to make them for updated cultural norms <laughs> a little at least a little bit and you know there's some acknowledgement that um uh the sort of inherent misogyny in the james bond character is is acknowledged in a little bit more of a straightforward way as opposed to it being kind of a wink and a nod and oh james um so anyway that's that's my my history with uh with james bond yeah i um i didn't realize like i didn't research it too much but there is like a formula like there like i read somewhere that doll when he was writing the script for this <laughs> had had uh had put together like a script and then like he had to change it because he had to meet what the producers like wanted. And they were like, mm, well, mm -hmm. there's, there's gotta be three bond girls and there's gotta be. <laughs> and I was like, really? Yeah. Like there's a formula that's right. cheesy, but okay, whatever. He has to marry one of them. James <laughs> oh, Bond man. has to fake die. 
Uh, and yeah. uh, we can't have the scene where James drinks fizzy water and then starts to float. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we have to we have to take that scene out. It's just too expensive. <laughs> so, uh, so Arturo, did you like seek these movies out when you were younger, or were they just on television? How that happened? No, um, like it's actually it was actually just sort of um fortuitous thing. Um, it's just one day I was at the supermarket and they had these really really cheap um, DVDs of old movies. And like, I just, I just bought one, a, a Bond movie. And then it, I, I just went from there. I just kept looking for them at the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. James yeah, yeah. Bond in the supermarket in Mexico. Yeah. Cheap, really cheap DVDs. I think they were like something like, um, like three dollars now or something like that (laughs) yeah and for um, some reason for some reason i just imagine like old sean connery down there trying to sell them to you (laughs) you forgot your dvd (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much it's just uh sean connery was there and uh roger moore and um (laughs) Don't forget your two-for-one avocados. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I'm afraid to watch the next one, which was probably one of my favorite films as a kid. Like, uh, I I tried to convince my uh, friend who is on the Zardas episode to name his band, like, uh, George Lazenby, because... He only did one Bond movie and nobody liked him. (laughs) Uh, But that's one of my favorite Bond movies. Now, I Uh should also admit that I am a pervert and I was a little boy (laughs) watching that movie and he stays with a bunch of girls and he has to like figure out how to get into their rooms every night. But otherwise, yeah. Sure. Um, So it's a James Bond movie then. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is that the one where um, he actually gets married? Yes, and, uh... yes. Yep, at the end, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because when I was watching this film, I had it in my notes that I was like, the thing, even in this day and age when it's like Daniel Craig, the thing is with James Bond is that he is the worst undercover spy in the universe. It's like whenever they put him undercover somewhere, people like in 10 minutes are like, so, uh, yeah, you're an import-export, huh? And he's like, what? Yeah, uh, sure. And then they're like, no, you're James Bond. And he's like, oh, yeah, I am. It's true. <laughs> right. He does He does kind of give up the secret identity fairly quickly. Yeah. He, he's like the Will Ferrell of spies. He's like, I'm kind of a big deal. You probably heard of me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so but in that on Her Majesty's Secret Service, the next film with George Lazenby, like I feel like he was actually convincing as like this helpless guy who needed to be helped, and that's why he was at the uh, resort with all the ladies getting treated for their uh, mental <laughs> illness. That's why people didn't like him because he was acting. 
Um. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I will... Uh, the way this usually goes is I just uh, read my notes until Paul's like, I have to go to bed, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just read my synopsis notes and Paul and Arturo will just jump in and uh, tell us about uh, things that they caught in the scenes or things they thought were ridiculous. Uh, and we just have some fun. Um, so, yeah, as Paul alluded to, we, we get the bond music flourish and the bouncing dot which opens up on a space capsule and one of the astronauts is on a spacewalk or or what's the other term for that paul the other term for a spacewalk an eva yes thank you i knew you'd know that um (laughs) that's because i am a space nerd it's true uh (laughs) it's on his business card (laughs) yes space nerd um and and all of a sudden here comes this much bigger capsule that swallows the uh the NASA space capsule hole except for our friend on the EVA uh unfortunately he's lost in space. Yeah. Which and is also it's sort of movie. implied that he's just sort of instantly dead. I don't know if you Yeah. I thought that was weird too. I was like, does Dahl think that like space is like old school, like scuba diving where like they're like pumping the oxygen down a hose? (laughs) (laughs) See, what we should really do is we should right as soon as that happens, we should instantly cut it to Sandra Bullock in gravity. Oh, and then it can become a totally different movie, but you could like keep intercutting the two of them. I like this. (laughs) <laughs> for a second i thought you were gonna say like we should have seen air shoot out of the hose and him fly around in space like a balloon well that's true he he should have <laughs> he should have done the mark watney iron man thing but <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah and and i will say i want to give credit where credit is due because much of this film is bad but uh i am <laughs> I am reading the Expanse books, and uh, one of the things that they really impressed me with at one point, like reading when they were doing maintenance on a ship, was just how goddamn dark it is out there in space. And so, like, in these clips, it's just like two space capsules flatly lit in black. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) technically, they probably shouldn't be flatly lit, but maybe the sun is that bright. I suppose it shines here on this planet, so... But uh, I just thought, oh, that's interesting. They didn't put, like, a little galaxy or stars behind them. It's just black. Right, (laughs) right, yeah. So then um, from there, when we see this capsule eat the other one, we uh, cut to, uh, I'm assuming, Epcot Center. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It it looked like Epcot Center. but I think I read somewhere in the notes that this was Norway where, like, um, they said, like, people meet, uh, which when they say people, I guess it's just where Russia, the U.S., and Britain meet to control the world. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the U.S., the U.S. is telling Russia they better not eat another space capsule or else, you know. <laughs> yeah. I I do like the the implication as a as a movie made by our friends across the pond that uh the Americans are just like we're just cowboys and we're accusing 
people of trying to get a control of space when that's basically exactly what America was doing at the time. We're the ones who are going to control space. <laughs> uh, interesting that you say that because I just read somewhere. I think it was on the like Reddit today. I learned thing, but uh, um, everyone at the UN has signed like a treaty that says like there, no one owns like any celestial bodies in, in our galaxy. Except for all the countries who have space travel capabilities, meaning the U.S. and (laughs) Russia and China. Right. I find that kind of fascinating. Yeah. So I also like you say like you like their portrayal of the Americans. I like how they like portray the Russians, too, because they're all like, oh, everyone knows we are kind and gentle people. (laughs) Yeah. Even the guy that says it has like this tongue-in-cheek smile, right? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. We're well, the good guys. Nothing. Yeah. Apparently, it's, he's more Dracula than Russian, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to that's steal a... your spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I, I like. Uh... Yeah. Well, that's better because, like, I. Well, no, I guess that's not. We're we're pretty sensitive people these days. Like, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, we, we did that uh, sauce packet where we did voices, which was truly offensive to everyone. Right. And um, <laughs> so it's good that you're doing a Dracula accent instead of a Russian one. But I'm sure we'll get letters from vampires. Well, so. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> true. But as long as we only walk around in the day, it should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they kind of have a critical weakness there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll try to avoid doing any Russian accents uh, purely because I want them to quit mucking around in my elections. Ooh. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it, I, I like this scene too because uh, they're like arguing, and Britain's like, "Hey, uh, did did anyone see where the mystery capsule went down? Maybe that's where we should start searching." <laughs> right <laughs> i was like oh wow this britain's on top of things and then they go uh that's what our man is doing and this is where paul told us uh there's this oh this is where the movie uh gets right going like we haven't even got the title sequence yet but let's get really started with the racism and the sexism <laughs> right now <laughs> Like Sean yeah, Connery. Like... What? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just was like, he's in Hong Kong and he's with a lady. And his first line is like, so why do Asian women taste different? Yeah, what's up with that? I mean, just, yeah. it, it's just like I was so like, I didn't remember Bond like this. Like, I what? I don't remember him being so racist and so just, I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I guess if you kiss that many ladies, geez, James Bond, but, uh, uh, maybe he's a better expert than me, but it just seems racist. Yeah. (laughs) It does. It it does have a nice, uh, double whammy of racism and misogyny actually. It's yes. kind of a a nice, uh, you know, it's a it's a good blend. It's shaken, not stirred. Um, 
This this is where we need the bell. We hit a ding every time the misogyny happens. Jeez. <laughs> right. Right. Um Well, and he's on a Murphy bed apparently because when she gets off it <laughs> flips up some dudes in a car pull up and shoot it with machine guns and then they cut to uh they cut to the cops there and the bed is down and James Bond is unfortunately dead we know because the police officer checks his pulse on his neck not because of any bl- gunshot wounds <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was like that's a very clean death yeah yeah like yeah but then like when they cut away there's like some blood on the sheets under him but there is not a, a spot on his uh wonderful scottish body also, I'm I'm pretty sure this is the fastest the police react in any James Bond movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that was crazy. So so now we have his Navy funeral, uh, where someone's watching with binoculars. Even though not a single person in this film is ever gonna believe Bond is dead. Um. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yes. And, and what gets me here, like, it was this was like I was like. I think, like, there was some nostalgia. So, like, perhaps with Arturo, too. Like, it sounds like he, he was quickly changed. I, I let that first uh, slur go, and I was like, okay, okay, it's okay, it's okay. It was a different time back then. It's a different time. This is a James Bond movie. Yep, I'm cool, I'm cool. And <laughs> then when um, they dump him in the ocean after his funeral, he's in some sort of body bag, uh and they two divers pick him up and deliver him into a submarine. It's really him. And I'm confused because at no point was there like his face uh during the funeral. So like they went to all this length for what? Like I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> and uh did they ever explain how he uh didn't die? Like was it just like like some kind of um complicated orchestrated thing or like were the bullets fake or like did they resurrect him somehow or or no that's my assumption is that the whole him dying was staged altogether um yeah there's like uh when he well he's just about to uh there's a money penny and m are on the submarine and so he goes to meet them and uh Money and penny. also, did they stage M's and Monopenny's deaths as well to get them on the submarine? <laughs> or was right. that just not as critical? I guess if you're in management, you don't have to go through all that bullshit. <laughs> I, I like the idea that anyone who's on this sub had to die first. That's Everybody so funny. who's on this sub has to terminate all of their familial relationships, stage their death, have a funeral at sea. And then be carried aboard by divers. So so here's the thing. The air conditioner has stopped working on the sub. We're going to need you to come work on it. But I have a family. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the sub's I, your family now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so depressing. See, that works on many levels. Um, <laughs> uh it's good depressurizing uh, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but to answer Arturo's question there's a little line here where Money Penny says so how did you like the Chinese girl we set you up with 
So maybe that answers to like what Paul's saying, like this was all a setup to make it look like he died. Right, right. But, uh, but yeah. And then uh, my favorite part in this next scene with M, uh, he's like, this is the big one, 007. Uh, you know, because there's so much misogyny in this film. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so he gets a mission briefing from M. And then M goes, gets up from his desk and he walks over to this uh, little side table piece of furniture that has like a drawer in it. He opens it and he's like, this is the person you have to meet and wear in Japan. And he hands him this piece of paper from that desk. And I was like, that is terribly inefficient to keep that note all the way over there. <laughs> I was like, I guess the director wanted some movement here instead of just two guys sitting at a table. I was just like, that's weird. Um, yeah, and then he leaves, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's flirting with Money Penny as he does, and then M calls, and he's like, don't forget to give James the password. And it's funny, haha, because uh, the password he is supposed to tell his contact is, I love you. And Money Penny's like, please repeat it. And he's like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where Lucas stole that from, mm-hmm. just so you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, like the only way to leave the sub, because you have to die to get on, is to be shot out of a torpedo tube. <laughs> <laughs> And again, uh, is this how is this how M leaves the sub? I have yes. a feeling M has a more convenient method of exit. <laughs> um, and then uh, let's see. Oh, he he ends up in Tokyo at a sumo wrestling match, um, and uh, it's it's very elaborate. Like everything is. I I I wanted to go back and count these things because it was ridiculous. Like all these things that didn't need to be there. Like don't move the plot anywhere. Like he goes into the backstage area of the sumo wrestling and meets like a wrestler, and he's like, "Here's your tickets." Yeah, <laughs> and then he, yeah. he goes and sits out there, and I'm like, "What what what was happening there?" Like, right. Uh, and then like a woman sits next to him, and so obviously. This is his contact. Mm-hmm. And it's a woman. Time to like ring the bell again. So he just simply says, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and and in true James Bond form, she's like, I have a car nearby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I want to be James Bond. Um, <laughs> just because I love her car. It's like a Toyota 2000 GT or something. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's how nerdy I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Bon San goes and he meets uh, Mr. Henderson. And uh, again, we, we don't know anything about this meeting. So, wh- what does he do to Mr. Henderson the first thing he does? <laughs> like the... Go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. That's what I was asking you. What did he do? I was trying to remember. Uh, well, he first, um, pulls out his gun on him and, (laughs) and then like the next thing is he grabs his cane and he bangs him really hard on the leg to (laughs) check if it's fake, I guess. I don't know. Like that's a really rude, their leg at war or something. Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah he's like i'm glad you got the right one and i was like uh <laughs> i guess this was on the note that we couldn't see because <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um and then he's like so he gives uh bond a drink and i didn't notice this but i was reading somewhere else that it's the only time in any of the movies that he gets a martini that is stirred not shaken yeah yeah and he just kind um, of accepts it like he's uh he's gentlemanly enough not to point out that Mr. Henderson has done it wrong. Right. I guess that was like a gag the, the it was like an in joke that the producers knew they were doing it. I don't know why, but <laughs> um <laughs> and there was this like thing and again maybe because I'm bored and I'm looking for something but uh <laughs> Mr. Henderson's like uh I get the Russian vodka from a doorman at the hotel down the way, a Russian doorman. <laughs> uh, and then he's like, among other things. He like whispers that. And I was like, whoa, what's happening here? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was reading into that a lot. Um, <laughs> what? Wait, what other things do you get from the Russian man? Like, Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this movie like really that cool? Like we, we're gonna be misogynist, but also there's gay guys, that's cool with us. Oh like, yeah. 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 I, I don't know. Um but uh our exposition from Mr. Henderson is uh quickly interrupted by a knife into his back. Um Oh, and uh to Arturo's point, uh yeah, he lost his leg in the war and I read on IMDB he said the Singapore war which um which i guess they were saying like if he said he'd lived there for 28 years or whatever then he'd lived there before the war when they were like that's highly doubtful <laughs> <laughs> but uh i didn't go that deep into this film um because so much of the rest of it is just terrible uh <laughs> true yep so so Bond easily catches the bad guy and dispatches him as such. And then he takes the man's disguise and they ADR some of the worst bad acting noises uh, <laughs> as he holds his stomach and crawls into the getaway vehicle like he's been hurt. Um, and yeah, Mr. Henchman carries Bond up to an office because he's passed out apparently. Um, and this henchman uh, in the notes I read is actually the grandfather of The Rock. So that's kind of interesting. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, they they have like a fight because he sees that Bond's awake and actually Bond and not his Asian friend. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, which I was uh, like, wow. I, I love uh, I love. Uh, Bond's couch foo that he knows in this scene where he's uh, literally just lifting up furniture but lifting up like the <laughs> hardest possible way to use it as a weapon <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep you really far away from me by holding this couch the long way at you <laughs> yeah it's like he uh, was trained in lion taming yeah yeah um yeah that's maybe that's good like yeah there was a lot of furniture getting harmed in the making of this film um <laughs> furniture and, and paper walls yeah yes yeah there's not much privacy there is there uh 
Um, but yeah, he yeah, they're, they're, that fight. I love these uh, old fight scenes, like because they're just like scrambling. They're not like carefully choreographed. <laughs> they're just like, oh, yeah, you, yeah. You you, you want to fight me? Uh, okay, like right, right. And they always shoot it with a really wide angle uh, as well. So you can see the entire scene and it doesn't really look like there's that much movement. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then my second favorite part of old movies, which this one has pretty good pieces of, is like when they project like backgrounds behind cars driving. Yes. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Bond beats this guy up and he decides to throw him in this little bar area and of course have a drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he then drinks, he drinks way too much on the job. I think like, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Half of the time. That's some lousy spy work. He keeps him loose. He keeps him loose. <laughs> I, I know, like, who am I to judge? Maybe he has some anxiety issues and he's self-medicating. Uh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in the in if you're a late '60s spy during the space race and uh, and you're caught between the two major superpowers of the time, and you have yeah, to keep yeah. spying uh, on behalf of one for the other, and. Uh, uh, Plus, every time every time you make love to a woman, she somehow tragically dies. You'd probably do yeah. a lot too. <laughs> it's like the movie Crank, except like he doesn't have to keep his heart going; he has to keep his liver going with alcohol. <laughs> <clears throat> he's not James Bond; he's just Bender. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, so yeah, he finds a safe, he opens it, and he escapes the building as the alarm goes off. And luckily, the woman who he met at the sumo fight, uh, who brought him to Henderson, like just happens to be speeding by and picks him up, which seems really suspicious, so he doesn't <laughs> like that. So he tells her to stop the car, and so she does uh, exactly where she's supposed to stop the car, apparently. Um, because tada, it's like the Japanese secret service, like, (laughs) and and of course it's again, like all this stuff that you don't need to have to happen. Like, like he's like chasing her because she has run away for some reason and then she stops and he stops and then he falls through a trap door down a chute and then he's like meeting the super secret Japanese Secret Service guy. Uh, it was I, just so elaborate. I did like how he slides into the chair, and uh, <laughs> and it makes me wonder if they had to if they had to redo that a few times because he just like lands perfectly in the chair, but also kind of comically at the same time, like he's sort of playing up the physical humor of how he's where he's landed, and I feel like that must have taken more than one take. <laughs> he lands like number one in the next generation sits in every chair in every episode (laughs) yeah (laughs) right (laughs) yeah he lands like he's ready to rap with some teens yeah (laughs) (laughs) hey kids (laughs) and then at that point the movie becomes a musical 
was like a rap act. <laughs> Ooh. I like this. The James Bond rap. Um, <laughs> yeah, everything is an adventure except like the adventure parts in this film. <laughs> um, so I don't understand why the woman couldn't say, hey, I'm with the Japanese Secret Service. I'm here to help you, dog. But, uh, you know, her boss is kind of a funny guy. So uh, <laughs> as he points out, because he's like, uh, it's kind of crazy that we caught you, Mr. Bond. It is Mr. Bond, right? Because you didn't really die. Um, <laughs> Once again, everybody just kind of knows who he is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he he uh, says, can you check the, the stuff I stole from the safe? And um, of course, that's our next leads we're going to get. But now it's time for sleep. So our buddy uh, Tanaka, the guy, or his friends call him Taiga, uh, he says, you know, consider my house your house, including all my possessions. And then we cut to uh, bikini women. So that's nice. Uh, <laughs> and he says, you're going to have your first civilized bath, Mr. Bond. I bet your European woman won't do this for you. And then James Bond says, I like the plumbing. <laughs> It feels yeah. gross even repeating this stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and you're like, okay, let's just breeze by that. And then he's like, uh, rule number one, Bonsan, don't do anything for yourself that someone else can do for you. <laughs> and Bond is like, well, what's rule number two? And then he's like, in Japan, men come first, women come second. Yeah, that's an uncomfortable silence. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Can we just get the golden ticket and go to Willy Wonka's factory now? <laughs> it seems like a better idea, Mister Doll. Uh, <laughs> See, I, in in this movie, James Bond believes that the gun is good, but the penis is also good. <laughs> it's not like Zardoz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I have to send Zardoz to Arturo. <laughs> have you ever seen that movie, Arturo? No, never. Oh, my goodness. But I hear yeah. it's quite a masterpiece. It is. And yeah. It is. An experiment in psychedelia. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so... I. My notes I have here. <laughs> if you're so, we are James Bond is being a misogynistic ass, and uh, I just swear so pause to beat them out. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I'm perfect. I swear. Uh, wait, I'm perfect at swearing. Okay, so so I have in my notes like James Bond is just this terrible man. Uh. But do you think, like, this is a sensual bath or something? Oh, no. My notes say these girls work fast like NASCAR mechanics, right? Like, (laughs) I was just like, as soon as he got in the water, it was just like, I was like, holy cow. Now I want to recut the scene with those sound effects in it. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're ready for your first civilized bath mr bond (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, he lost some time there. We're going to see if he can catch up. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make sure. We'll see. If if Tiger goes into the bath, then we'll know that he can catch up. Uh. <laughs> the plumbing's great, but is the air-powered tools really necessary? <laughs> uh, it makes the bubbles. Um <laughs> So we get like an awkward cut from uh, from a joke about hair. Oh, that's right. Like Tiger's like, you know why they like you, don't you, Bansan? And he's like looking at him and he's like, because they're not used to hair. Japanese men have beautiful, cleanly shaven chests. <laughs> and I was just like, what? But before I could respond to that, they just like just a huge cut like to another scene. Like, no, but uh, you missed the proverb, the the the, the, the strange um, broken English proverb that um, that Bond says that uh, birds don't nest in bald trees or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that until I started thinking about how bird is like slang for women. That's yeah, terrible. Yeah, birds. Bird never make nest in bear tree. <laughs> oh, and then um, he says, now all you have to do is pick a girl for your massage. And then Bond's like, well, I know which one I want. Wink, wink. And then I was just like, I loved Tyga's like word that he made up. But I was just also depressed by like this whole misogyny but he's like oh yes bonsan that massage girl's very sexy full sexy full <laughs> it's like i'm gonna use that word now <laughs> maybe right said fred can do a remix <laughs> i'm too sexy full uh so now uh while he's getting his massage, the other girl from before, I will give her her name. That's not nice to say girl, woman. Aki, she's the woman who drove the car and stuff. She sneaks up and takes over the, from the massage girl. And then, um, you know, uh, last time she just ran away and didn't say she was working for the Japanese secret agency. Um, but uh, now she totally wants to make out with him. Like, that... Bond movies are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought porn was corrupting young minds by people thinking that that's what people always act like and want to do when you get a pizza delivered. But uh, <laughs> but Bond movies are just bad. Like, oh, yeah. by the way, the other day when I was like saying I didn't want to be near you, that was just lying. I really want to make out with you. Like, what? Right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> I couldn't tell if the next scene when he like goes back to the place that he just robbed their safe as part of the lead to check them out if the guy in the elevator was the guy he fought with the night before i couldn't tell <laughs> not not oh that sounds terrible in context of this film but no like they did a weird like close-up on his face and he had a scar and so oh and he yeah. was and he was looking at james weird and i was like wait did, did they fight because like i said he's james bond like he's terrible at undercover so <laughs> nice scar did you take a couch to the forehead <laughs> was that the ottoman or the yeah, yeah. i can't do it now that you did it uh, 
Wait, what was my key phrase for Connery was that dragon movie? Yeah, now I can do Connery because he's that he's the voice of that dragon with. Uh, uh, oh what's his face? yes, yeah, he's the last dragon. He's the- like, I am the last one. <laughs> yeah, I sound like more like Brian Blessed though. So uh, anyway, uh, I'm going too slow. This uh, time to go back to the scene of the crime where he stole the safe stuff and the coolest part of the scene. And I don't know why I don't have one of these. What's up with Snapchat? But the typewriter camera has to be a thing in the future, please. (laughs) Arturo, can we build one of these? Yeah, sure. It was uh, complete with the the little screen and and the the useless keys that don't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think about that. Wow. Like that guy was really trained to know like which of the keys on the keyboard would move the camera which direction. (laughs) (laughs) Unless unless they just go with the standard like WASD. Like maybe (laughs) video games. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it was a Japanese keyboard, so, huh. Yeah. So, anyway, we get to meet Bond girl number two. Uh, and uh, as James is meeting with this guy, even though everyone knows that he's a spy, uh, he, the, the, the owner of the company, this chemical company, uh, is it Osato, I guess? Uh, he has an x-ray desk which is also a nice invention. Um, And he warns James Bond that he should stop smoking and gets to see that he's hiding a gun. So, uh, so yeah, like basically dialogue is in, I decided in this part of the film in my notes that dialogue isn't a needed thing in the film. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a proto action film of today, like where they're just like, let's just string a bunch of stunts together in CG. (laughs) Right. And we'll have a couple one-liners. Like, The Rock goes, hey. Um, <laughs> just kidding. That was my Vin Diesel impression, not The Rock. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, The Rock is usually a little more articulate than that. Yeah, yeah. It's usually Vin who just doesn't want to say anything. Yeah. Except, except it's family. It's um, family. <laughs> your your Rock sounds uh, a bit suspicious like you're Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what these three shells are for. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Reference acknowledged. Uh, uh, Okay. So James leaves to be shot at, but, you know, a key uh, she has is back. And there's this ridiculous car chase, which is ridiculous. um, Because magnets, how do they work? Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Mm-hmm. I love, too, that, like, somewhere in IMDb, there's, like, a single guy who has been on, like, every IMDb page, like, adding into, like, the trivia or the goose. Um, (laughs) He's, like, in there typing away, like, I don't understand how they were able to see from this angle unless there was yet a third helicopter in the sky filming (laughs) it so they could watch it on the screen in the car. I'm just like, have you watched a movie ever? Yeah. (laughs) But that's the exact same thought I had. Like, <laughs> it's <man>. Arturo. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it was the same. It was the same thing earlier when he does the the sweet slide into the seat 
And then there's the two weird round 60s TVs that are both showing the same thing. And what they're showing is the last five minutes of the movie with James Bond approaching. And then actually on that TV is the shot of him falling into that seat again. <laughs> and it's the exact same like sequence of cuts. It's just showing on these TVs. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, how is the, okay. I guess, I guess really this entire movie is like Cloverfield. We're just seeing, uh, uh, you know, cuts of all of their security camera footage and they just put it together as a movie. <laughs> It's so postmodern, right? I the know. movie in the movie. <laughs> it really it's... is the space age. Yeah. <laughs> Mel Mel Brooks stole this for space balls. Um <laughs> But uh yeah, like uh so yeah, the bad guys chasing them like you could get away from them, but instead a helicopter picks up the car with the magnet and dumps it in the ocean. Uh so now we gotta head to the docks, and this is the musical number Arturo's been waiting for. Um, <laughs> it really was. It was like cut like a musical. It was just like they walk up to the docks and they're like, "Oh, this is a suspicious ship we've been looking for." And then like like a guy with like a hard hat walks up and he's got like a wrench and he's like banging it with his hand, <laughs> and like a bunch of other guys like surround them. And I was like, "Oh man." <laughs> The sharks and like we're gonna break out in song here. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> James Bond's gonna be like, I'm cool. <laughs> uh, Look at me, I'm the king of Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy saying he's the king? He's wrong. Uh, yeah, I love it. Uh. Yeah, and um, so there's <laughs> – I love – this is great because uh, to continue our theme of misogyny, he's like, here, you go run away and I'll meet you later because I don't want you to get hurt. He doesn't exactly say that, but that's like vibe you get. Um, and so he sends her off and then he takes on everybody. And as Paul said uh, – why should we do like any real choreography when we can just shoot the whole scene on the roof of a building from a helicopter and you have no idea what's going on? Right. <laughs> it's it's like watching like pinball or pool from like 300 meters in the sky. You're just like, I think that black one is James Bond and he knocked those two guys down just by standing near them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and then he thinks he's escaped uh, uh, but he gets conked on the head and ends up in Bond Girl 2's uh, suite on that very boat so uh, yeah so we get the kinky James Bond like oh I'm I'm really a spy Uh, she's like sure you are that's why we have you tied up and then she unties him and uh, he says, the things I do for England. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which he means uh, venereal disease. So, right. um... <laughs> <laughs> well, he specifically says the things because he objectifies women. Oh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty direct. Um, 
So uh, then we just cut to them flying in a plane and him saying, so here's how you can double cross your boss and we'll fly away together. It's going to be great. And she's like, yeah, not so much. And she pushes a button and a a wood board comes over his hands in his tiny airline seat. And so he can't move. Um, Yeah. And she parachutes away. No problem. Uh, But he gets out of it because James Bond, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is the point at which I feel like it's weird we've gone this far into the James Bond movie and there's been no scene with Q because ordinarily I feel like in a James Bond movie he would like his watch would have a laser in it that would blast whatever bonds he had that's tying him down um and just, you know, he would just have like some kind of weird sneaky way to get out of it, which he does. Uh-huh. But we didn't see like how he got those means. He's just James Bond and he can, he, he just can't escape. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, like I said, like I get like offended, like in this film, because I'm just like, all these scenes were just like, we know he's going to be fine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) At at no point are you like, Oh crap, this time he's really going to die. Um, so it's like, it seems pointless unless it's like the climax or another pivotal scene. But most of these scenes, they just seem like you could take them out of the film and it would still work. Um, yeah, usually, I mean, even the way that Connery plays it, like he's, he's almost too cool for, for each scene because he's not. He's not at all concerned. Like the plane is going down and he's just like, oh, I'm just looking out the window. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't get the landing gear to engage. Whatever. I'll just skid it on the ground and get out. It's fine. I'm James Bond. <laughs> I'm not going to die. That's how this movie works. Yeah. Hmm. So, Arturo, do you know how to fly a plane? Of course, obviously. Um, I, I learned uh, watching all the the Bond movies. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so yeah, now um, he's fine. He's uh, back at the ranch uh, <laughs> with with Taiga and Aki, and uh, and he. Uh, he asks for uh, little Nellie and her father. And so then Q does finally show up. And yeah, as soon as he showed up, I was like, yeah, where's he been this whole movie? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I think Q is like There was the a only... miscommunication with his fake death so he could get on the sub. So it, just, <laughs> it took a time. It took longer for him to get there. <laughs> Q Q is like the only salvageable thing of the whole movie, I think. And and that's just because he doesn't say anything. He just like gives Bond his gadgets and that's it. Yeah, and he plays the part like so solidly, you know. Yeah. Like Yeah, like it's uh like the money penny stuff like in every movie is like hey, hey hi hi. Hey, hey. And they're like, but Q is just like, you really get the feeling like that he doesn't like Sean Connery. <laughs> right. <laughs> he does not want to put up with Bond's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and then so he's brought this little teeny tiny helicopter that's like got tons of missiles and flamethrowers, and yeah, uh, and I love Taiga because he's like Bonsan. This is a toy for children. Take my helicopter. <laughs> uh, I just thought that was hilarious because later on, yeah, when he's doing his little reconnaissance on this island that they think is suspicious, there's three helicopters, proper helicopters. Ah, pun. Um, <laughs> uh, versus little Nelly. And let me tell you, these guys are a terrible shot. I mean, little Nelly's small, I suppose, than a regular size helicopter. Right. But, uh, but Q specifically told us that the flamethrowers at the back of Little Nelly have an 80-yard range, and he uses it to kill a helicopter. And the, if the helicopter can't shoot him in 80 yards, that's a terrible, terrible shot. Yeah. Agreed. You, Especially given that the no, nobody in this entire chase scene is really moving all that fast. <laughs> Especially relative to each other. I mean, these are not the most maneuverable vehicles in the world. Save save yourself some time, and instead of trying to watch this movie and this scene, just watch one episode of the 1980s version of Battlestar Galactica, and you'll <laughs> see the same scene we saw. Because they just recut the same helicopter footage over <laughs> and over and over. <laughs> Didn't that one already explode? Like, yeah. So uh, it was. Uh, were were you ever like scared in this scene, Arturo? Like, no, just I was actually just surprised that the the little helicopter was like an actual thing. Like, like as as far as I could see, there was there was some bits of real footage of a, of of an actual tiny helicopter. <laughs> right. <laughs> He, uh, yeah, I guess um, that was like on the that's on the Wikipedia page. If you get bored, like uh, the guy, the guy who built it actually flies it in the film. So I'm assuming the producers saw him somewhere and were like, "This is cool. We're going to use it as a James Bond gadget." Um, so we're going to put like missiles and flamethrowers and stuff on it, right. of, <laughs> which is really cool because apparently someone pointed out I, I wasn't paying enough attention because I was just like, "This is a ridiculous scene," but uh, apparently, like after the fight when he says he's expended all of his ammo, he still has ammo. Um, <laughs> hooray for editing! Uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so let's see after that the russians launched their capsule and it gets swallowed up and we get all the awesome animated goodness of uh, the models of those capsules in the volcano Ooh, mm -hmm. so much fun the volcano um this is why i'll watch any like like a film any stop motion stuff to support these like model makers and stuff because that yeah. stuff was crazy cool yeah um yeah the and, volcano uh, layer is a pretty sweet uh setup yeah uh set piece in this in this whole thing yeah it doesn't even bother me uh that the lake has nowhere to go i'm cool with that right <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> it's like larger than the volcano <laughs> right. <laughs> right and it just disappears into the side somewhere i don't know uh, and I also love 
the fact that it's 1960s and our supervillain, which we meet soon, Bombfeld, has a reusable rocket. So suck it, SpaceX. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, and, and the so my question to you guys is the classic clerk's question about the Death Star. And that is <laughs> the one thing that these Bond movies predicate is that anyone working for Bombfeld is evil. Like in this film and Moonraker and so many other where there's these elaborate, awesome hideouts. There's tons of people working here. Right. And the movie the movie is just like, hey, dude, they're all evil. Yeah. And it's OK that we slaughter them. Uh, yes. Assume that these are all expendable people. They don't have families and nobody cares about them um, because they're terrible people. You yeah. have you have to assume this. It's it's uh, it's sort of the uh, any any time it's an alien species, right? We have to assume that the aliens are hostile and we can kill them mercilessly because it doesn't matter. They're not human. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. If only the Avengers would have tried to talk to those wormy things. Right. And the right. bug people. Yeah. Maybe Thanos is not a bad guy. He's just a real big Michael Jackson fan and wants one glove. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and a Pepsi. And uh, Pepsi. <laughs> <clears throat> now I just want like uh, the Avengers to be like sponsored by Mentos so that Thanos can be in a commercial and be like the fresh maker. <laughs> Him and him and Hulk sharing some Mentos, um, <laughs> and a cab because it's a Mentos commercial, right? Uh, right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we get to the progress of unloading the captured spacecraft, and uh, these are the most exciting parts of the film because I just love, like, again, dialogue is not important, so um, you know. What is it? Open the blinds or something like that. And another guy's like, open the blinds. Like, <laughs> close the volcano. Close the volcano. Like, open the spacecraft. Open the spacecraft. So awesome. Um, and we get to see Bomfeld's like, cat and his arm. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. And, hey, Arturo, did you ever watch uh, Inspector Gadget? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't help thinking about that, even though this is before that. I just was like, what was that guy's name, um, the bad guy? was Dr. It? Claw. Ah. Um, I'll get you, Gadget. Yes. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so, so uh, Bomfeld tells the uh, Bond girl number two and Osato... Uh, he's just like, oh, by the way, you know, that x-ray you took in your office, that's a Walter PK, whatever, gun. And the only person who uses that is Bond. Duh. <laughs> and I was like, really? It's like the only gun in the world? Like, <laughs> Yes, no one, it's no the only Walter PPK ever made. <laughs> Everybody knows what it is because it's James Bond's gun. <laughs> 
I was so confused. And then our friends on IMDb are like, actually, in other movies, he's used these other guns. Right, right. (laughs) When he lost one, someone gave him the PPK, but uh, he has used other guns. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Fair enough, nerd. (laughs) Yeah. And then the the Bond girl, uh, she's like... um, She's like, no, that's not him. He's dead. It was in all the papers. And then, like, uh, it was weird. The version I watched, I don't know about you guys, but this little orange creature popped up from the side and said, fake news, fake news. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's so, alive. Uh, He's very alive. <laughs> He's making love to beautiful women right now. Very alive. <laughs> not fake. Fake news, fake death. Sorry. I I, I, for, I forgot to tell you that um, uh, Baumfeld is just doing this for some cash and to create chaos, perhaps. But uh, so uh, is he meeting with like actual Jap- Japan or something? But he's meeting with someone and they're like, you've done a lot of great work with the equipment we gave you and we're excited for you to start the war. Um and then he's like, that's great. I want to be paid now. And they're like, well, that's outlandish. <laughs> and he's like, let me tell you a little story about how fast piranhas, like in my pond below you, can right. like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> clean off like a human body. Yeah. Uh, His ill-tempered and, seed bass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, uh, I never think of that, like, hmm. It's good. I mean, we're terrible to animals in, in our world mm-hmm. as it is, mm-hmm. but it's good that we haven't gone so far as to be like on internet forums going, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been frozen in this guy's fridge forever. You can totally eat one of the sea bass from this film in 1967. <laughs> 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 like dudes are like trading pieces of Benji online and Lassie. That'd be terrible. Ooh. Yeah, if you eat them, you get their power. Timmy's trapped in a well. Oh, you had the lassie steak. Um, so, uh-huh. Uh-huh. so uh, yeah, so now uh, he's like, you guys, you're going to take care of Bond. you understand? And they're like, yeah. And then he's like, you can go now. And then uh, he retracts the little bridge over the pond and makes Bond girl number two die. So. Yeah, there's a lot of trap doors in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's the interview we need for Film Frown is the guy that made the trap doors in this movie. Yeah. He's like, oh, right. man, it's working overtime. It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that There's so many people working at the secret lair in the volcano that that's probably one guy's job. <laughs> he's just the trapdoor. He's the trapdoor yeah. inspector and tester, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Baumfeld's like, I don't know, it made a weird noise. It worked, but it made a weird noise. And I, <laughs> I want to make sure it works next time. You got it, boss. I'll, uh, I'll get some WD-40 on it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He's Look, like, I know uh, I've been having you work a lot of overtime on the doors, but there it was just it was a little bit on a delay. She almost got all the way across the bridge. 
not really acceptable work. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the the thing is, is I would kill you, but uh, the door isn't functioning properly. <laughs> so if you could fix it so I may dispose of you. You got it, boss. <laughs> It'll kill me so fast this time. You won't even want to kill me. <laughs> Hey, you once I should uh, rig up a trap on your chandelier, too? Yeah, I bet you could drop that on somebody's. Do you know how expensive that is? (laughs) (laughs) Those are incandescent bulbs. You can't buy those anymore. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We're going so far off track at this point. (laughs) We still have about 40 minutes in the movie. Oh, Oh, man, it's so long. This is a long... You know what? By today's standards, it's like a normal movie. (laughs) But it feels really long for how much plot there is. (laughs) Well, well, that's because they do, like, so much, like, of this, like, uh, mise-en-scene stuff where it's just like, okay, here's the rocket landing, let's unload the rocket, like, all this stuff, and it's just like... Which is fine. Cut it's just to like in sumo wrestling match. Now let's watch the entire match. <laughs> it, yeah, I know. I lost money on that. That's how long that scene was. <laughs> uh, so we cut to ninja school. That's right. Bamboo's most feared enemy, aside from pandas. That's right. Ninjas. That's right. Boy, they were chopping up some bamboo. Let me tell you. <laughs> In the and, far back, you could see the Jimkata as well. <laughs> uh, there's like one guy, like on a on a pummel horse. Like, right. <laughs> we do this, right, you guys? And they're like, "No, no, we don't. We don't do that." Would you quit making the bars uneven? <laughs> <laughs> um. So our tour, like, because we get a big, long scene again, our tour even includes a guy who presumably kills his fellow students with his katana. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was kind was... of, but that did seem weird to me because they weren't, <laughs> they weren't acting like, oh, darn, I'm out of the fight now. They were acting like, no, I'm dead. <laughs> it's the first rule of ninja school. There is no grade. You pass or you die. <laughs> <laughs> so gung, gung. Uh, law and order ninja school <laughs> uh, <laughs> ninja school <laughs> oh sorry ninja school it's it's like ninja school is where you want to <laughs> be trapdoor repair school is where you don't want to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah right Trapdoor repair school is more of a trade school, really. Yeah, yeah. Ninja school, there's definitely more upward mobility there. Yeah. What? When did you? When did you fix the trapdoor? Ah, you didn't see me. I used a smoke screen. I told you, you're not in ninja school anymore. No more smoke screens. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, so then uh, Taiga's like, dude, let me show you something. We've got. Rocket guns. You see this little hole? That's for the propulsion. Yeah. Um, there's like a whole was, second cue scene, but there's just no cue introducing yeah. these new gadgets. Yeah, 
and I'm confused because I thought bullets were pretty good at propulsing themselves out of guns already. <laughs> right, right. Like, I wanted him to be like, these are explodey guns because they made shit explode. Yeah. But, so I didn't research it, but in the IMDb page, I believe, or Wikipedia, this is, I'm not kidding, at least... The person on the IMDb is not. But this is an actual product placement in this film. There what? was a company that made rocket rounds and apparently <laughs> they went out of business because they were really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Because they had like a range of like, you know, 20 feet. Yeah. Before the rocket's like, I'm going this way. <laughs> <laughs> they were just yeah they're they're extremely powerful they're also extremely inaccurate <laughs> i mean i mean who's more gangster the guy with a gun or the guy with the rocket gun huh that's space gangster <laughs> that's true space gangster. space gangster he turned it sideways <laughs> <laughs> which then loses all control it could come back at you which is why you wear a grill to protect yourself. Okay, Chris. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, this is all, this is also the part of the movie where uh, Sean Connery gets a Spock haircut. Oh my oh. gosh! Yes, please go ahead, Arturo. Please, as a person who is not a white male on the show, please talk about what happens in this scene. <laughs> okay, so um, Bun's friend Tiger or Tiger or whatever. Um, apparently it's, uh, some kind of requirement for Bond to, uh, quote, become Japanese, unquote. So he undergoes some type of surgical process, quote unquote, and they give him a Spock haircut and some weird eyebrows, like some really creepy eyebrows (laughs) and... Like, they just, oh, my God, that's just so cringy and, like, put some things on top of his eyes, on top of his eyelids. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it pains me to say this because of all the misogyny in the film, and that's not where I'm going, I promise. But when your surgeons are wearing bikinis... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm a little concerned about their work ethic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. The it's really girls, just, you know, I'm yeah. I'm mostly concerned that it's not a very sterile environment, honestly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's the primary thing. <laughs> yeah. We just don't seem yeah. to be, you know, prepped 100% for surgery here. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, this whole crazy subplot that the only way... Uh, this is going to be so much fun in a few minutes. The only way that he can get on the island is to become Japanese and marry one of the diver girls that lives there. Uh, so, um, so as soon as he finds out he has to marry someone, he like looks at Aki and he's like, "All right." And Taiga's like, "No, no, that's not the plan." So Aki has to die. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's poisoned in bed because she's sleeping with Bond, and someone's doing the awesome. Uh, poison on a string from the rafters <laughs> trick to bond and he decides to again like one of these like 
it's not necessary because he always lives. He rolls over. He's not just, awake. Yeah. He doesn't notice the guy. Yeah. And she rolls towards him and dies. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then another attempt is made on his life in ninja school. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that was kind of weird and bizarre because, uh, I don't know. Because, like, apparently nobody knows, like, the teacher doesn't know his own students for some reason. Like, he just (laughs) sees a new face and, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you you must be new, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's just more underlying racism of the whole movie that the teacher can't tell the people apart either. (laughs) Right. Right. And then you also have, like, uh, um, Taiga who steps in and he's like, oh, this guy's not part of our school. Where'd he come from? Right. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Wait a minute. How do you know? <laughs> this is a ninja school and you don't have enough security to let the right people in and not? <laughs> seems a little seems a little weird. Dude, that's how good these students are. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to get into to the school is actually to be such a good ninja you can sneak into the school and just start taking classes. <laughs> That's the entrance uh, exam is, look, if you show up one day and nobody questions you, you're in. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> show up with a sword and start hitting people. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, and so Taiga has um, to continue this wonderful theme has been like, oh, yeah, the woman you're going to marry, she's got a face like a pig. Uh, thanks for that. And then we get awkward wedding scene with Bond girl number three. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and the, the, the seriousness of the scene is like punctuated by the silence and ritual. Like finally Dahl has just like given up. He's like, you know what? It's an action film. Dialogue is pointless. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so then they get on a boat to go to the island and by they i mean bond his new wife and taiga who apparently doesn't have to marry someone to get on the island (laughs) i was so confused yeah yeah i don't understand the context of why the wedding is necessary but then there's let's just add that to the list of things that aren't necessary for the plot to move forward in this movie it makes as much sense as him, like, in the beginning, falling to the bottom of the ocean and being scooped up by divers. Like, he didn't even yeah. need to be in that thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're learning important lessons. To get on the sub, you have to die. To get into ninja school, you have to fake your way in. So, <laughs> yep. uh, and to get on the island, you can get married or you can just get on the boat or you can just sneak on the island which he says on the boat he's like my men have already infiltrated the island and i was like why did he get married again <laughs> like <laughs> i was so confused uh and he's like just terrible at undercover like oh uh, so his new wife um proposes they have separate beds and he's like but it's our honeymoon yuck yuck um yeah and she and then, is not having it. No. And so then Tiger's like, look, my guys, they've combed the island. They haven't found anything. And she's like, oh, he, he, someone died the other day. Maybe that uh, is some valuable exposition. And they were like, yeah, that is. So <laughs> right. they go, they go venture to Let's a hidden go cave. Let's solve a mystery. 
<laughs> Gang. <laughs> okay, Raggy. <laughs> like, wow, it's a cave scoop. Um, and the cave is filled with gas. This is why the person who went there last time died. So they swim out another near miss. Yeah. That helped the plot along. Yep. So, so now we go bikini hiking. Um, and time mm-hmm. is of the essence because the Americans are going to launch another capsule. And, uh, but hey, we have time for making out on our hike, right? So, uh, <laughs> speaking of time, like when they swim out of the ocean from the cave, they're like, he's like, look, I bet the lava tube that that used to be, that is a cave now, uh, goes all the way up there to that volcano. Yeah. And they hike there in no time, but once they get to the volcano and see a helicopter land in it, they're like, let's go down there and have a closer look. That takes them all night. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. I was so right. confused. I was like, okay, I don't know what time in the morning they left to go fishing. No, so maybe it's just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then, then by the time they get down there, they're, uh, it is yeah. it is nighttime, strangely. I should also mention by the time they get down there, they've jumped in the ocean out of their boat uh, they've went hiking and at no point have I seen a knapsack or anything. And right. They haven't had anything to eat in 12 hours at this point. <laughs> and we can also see James Bond's uh, hairy chest, which was supposedly shaven off to make him look more <laughs> Japanese <laughs> right. in the terrible spa scene. Uh, and then he's like, go get Tyga and the guys. This is where we got to be. So apparently she has another day hike away from her. <laughs> to get help uh but he all of a sudden has a ninja outfit on was i the only one confused by that? yeah this was <laughs> this is weird this whole sequence uh, of like him sneaking into the uh volcano yeah and this time on their super uber uh space rocket they've painted cccp on the side right so right that the, the americans will blame them apparently <laughs> right because you know the americans are going to know right where this rocket is going to rocket is going to launch from and and they'll have nice close-up photos so they'll know exactly what <laughs> what it says on the side of it no they, they'll use their space cameras duh oh that's right that's right they have access but, to all of the security footage that we're watching so yeah like blomfeld has cameras to see when the two are approaching each other so why didn't they yeah um yeah so uh so james frees the captured u.s astronauts and they dress as guards and they go knock out blomfield's guys and then bond puts on an astronaut suit and i was like maybe the actual astronaut could do it right one of, one of those guys <laughs> like yeah and then I thought the movie had outsmarted me because he gets caught right before going in because Blomfeld's like, hey, get that astronaut and put in the reserve one. Bring right. that guy to me. Right. And I was like, oh, so the reserve one is one of the American guys or something. Yeah, they've outsmarted me. Sure, that's it. Um, so, yeah, exposition. Blomfeld's like, I'm starting a war between Russia and the U.S. Like, isn't that awesome? And then we get a launch scene, so we get more repeat after me kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the crater opens uh, to where we don't know because the lake is bigger than the side of the volcano. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Um, and when they close the crater, well, guess what? The ninjas are here. Ninja Force. It's Ninja gra- School Graduation Day. They are ready to party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, for some reason, when they're going up the slope of the volcano, like, Tiger just um, gestures at them and they come out of nowhere. Like for like they were there the entire time, or like they were going up the slope, but in a super sneaky way, so you couldn't see them. Well, they're ninjas, Arturo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, obviously, yes, yes, you're right. Which, which, which begs the question: How do you command a ninja army? Like, how do you even know they're listening to you? I see where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> ninjas are like it's like that Johnny Carson joke he did when we made that stealth bomber back in the 80s or 90s. Johnny Carson was like these things cost like 3 billion dollars or 7 billion dollars to make. Why don't we just say we made 30 of them? <laughs> <laughs> and only just have one. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's a good question like like as a part of a ninja army, could you just like not go and no one would know? <laughs> dude i was there the whole time didn't you see me oh you didn't because i'm a ninja that's right yeah that's how good i am <laughs> the other day someone picked me up and threw me because i look like a rock yeah <laughs> uh jokes on them i'm heavier um so <clears throat> so uh so Blomfeld's like, all right, everything is going good because as an evil bad guy, I've never had to escape and things haven't gone wrong before. So uh, I think let's just go. And he tells his big uh, Swedish guard guy, uh, Hans, he's like, uh, just uh, blow up the capsule when he gets near the Americans. And I was like, oh, that's good that we didn't have put our, one of our astronauts in it, I guess. Um, sure. So... Oh, and that was the best part. Is Blonfeld's like, here's the key, Hans. Like, and then he says, and here is the exploder button. <laughs> and, and I was like, I can you please zoom in on that? Like, a like the Batman 1960s show. Right. Like, right. does it please say exploder on it? Um, and remember, I asked you guys like. So is everyone in this, like, complex, like, do they have families, Paul said? Like, what's going on here? Like, are they responsible? The trapdoor repairman, like, is he a good guy? And he's just doing this to make money so his family has food on their tables. Well, they all have guns. (laughs) (laughs) It's like all these, like, guys who've been running around, like, doing busy work. They all have machine guns now because here come the ninjas. Yep. So many gunshots. Uh, it was like, it's like, um, like Paul and I once were talking about like the Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and how like the CGI wasn't so insane that you had no idea what was going on, that it actually moved the plot forward and served a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in these scenes, they were just like, uh, it was like, um, the director was like, I'm not sure what to do with this. Who can we get to choreograph it? And it was like Michael Bay as a teenager. (laughs) And he was just like 
just fill it with gunshots and explosions because you have no idea what's happening in this scene. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, it was crazy. And so the American, we cut to the Americans in their top secret uh, Epcot Center or wherever they are. And uh, <laughs> they like see that the second capsule is coming. So they launch planes at Russia. It's happening. There's going to be a war. Uh, and, um, and Bom- Blomfeld takes uh, Bond out of the control room with uh, his man, Osato. And he's like, James, this is the price for failure. And he kills Osato. Uh, another one of these, like, woo, lucky for James Bond. He lived through that one, huh? Uh, and then it's Mr. Bond's turn, except Tyga throws a throwing star to stop Blomfeld. Or to, yeah, to stop Blomfeld. So Bond does not get shot. But uh, Blomfeld escapes on his little train car thingy uh, with a <laughs> with the throwing star in his arm. At that point, uh-huh. uh, it's missing later. Uh, <laughs> I um, I love, by the way, that the uh, that the volcano has a monorail running through it. Did you, did you guys yeah. notice that the mo- the monorail is amazing? Yeah, I, I I loved it because it's like a ring road in a big city. Yeah, yeah, like it just goes around the outer edge it's like oh you know i i could cut through the center but uh i'll just take the monorail around (laughs) right i uh i also love that uh they can't afford to have like a true walled in elevator it's like a cage elevator but they can afford a monorail (laughs) (laughs) that's that's where the budget for the underground lair went somebody was blumfeld was like no, really, I have to have a monorail. Can you make sure there's a monorail number two? Okay, thank you. Perfect. Yeah, I know we need an elevator. Do just put a put a moving platform in. I don't care if it has railings or not, but we need a monorail. <laughs> Can we? Uh, I like. I'm hoping, like, at some point, the monorail goes by the tank that the piranhas are in, so you get kind of a serene, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> he just he, uh, after lunch he just rides he just rides the monorail past the piranha tank and tosses his extra chicken out <laughs> so he can watch <laughs> it's like it's like uh, oh yeah Disney was getting rid of this and I bought it it's like if you right. push this button like one of the one of the presidents will be sitting next to you um. <laughs> <laughs> It took me forever to disable the It's a Small World After All song. But once I did that, it was lovely. <laughs> oh, so uh, they they really, like, Bond gets back with uh, his, uh, his wife and Tyga, and they're trying to get to the control room because in the control room is the exploder button. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And so as they're making their way, I'm getting really nervous. Uh, you like playing video games, don't you, Arturo? Of course. Yeah. Did you feel nervous when they were making their way across the room and they hid behind barrels that were clearly marked chemicals? Yeah. Yeah, that's the same thing <laughs> I, I thought. Yeah, like I, I was wondering, because like, that's supposed to be... Is liquid oxygen flammable or like is it at least um, so pressurized that it explodes if it gets shot or something? 
it uh i mean it itself may not be flammable but it sure makes a lot of other things flammable <laughs> pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> and yeah like you said if it's liquid oxygen it's going to be pretty pressurized <laughs> Yeah, and like I feel like the oxygen they showed in tanks, like by the boat, and they were like in like proper like tanks, but these were just barrels. But still, like in every video game ever, you shoot the barrels and they explode. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works. Correct. <laughs> uh, but apparently, the bad guys didn't think of that, and uh, <laughs> and Hans is standing guard. And I don't know if anyone caught this, or maybe I was tripping. Uh, <laughs> But I swear, like, uh, they just kind of size either each other up. And, like, uh, James Bond is like, I'm kind of a big deal. I'm James Bond. And the other guy's <laughs> like, I'm, like, four times your size. And then there's, like, this, like, someone took, like, a steady cam and just shoved it at uh, Sean Connery's face. Did you guys catch that? It's weird. It's No, I, I didn't see that. It was like punch cam or something like that. Um, anyway, uh, Bond drops him <laughs> in the piranha's tank. Uh, it was an awkward fight for sure. More more furniture. He tried to go for more couches. Yeah, I feel like. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> meanwhile, the capsule is just about there. I mean, uh, one of the Americans when they cut to them, he's like, "Let's let's get the code word out because we're going to be dropping some bombs." Uh, but then just in time, I mean, it's really hard. Like I have a hard time getting my key in my door. I understand James Bond. He has a really hard time getting that key in there, (laughs) (laughs) but he finally pushes the exploder button, uh, and the fancy rocket blows up, um, which I don't know, was very close to the NASA one. Anyone else kind of freaked out by that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, there's explosions in space are not, like, on television and stuff, but uh, I feel like there still would be shrapnel that would be moving very fastly. Yes. Fastly is a great word. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but it's all good now. Oh, wait, we forgot about Blomfeld Blomfeld on the monorail. So (laughs) he pushes the self-destruct button which was hidden behind some fake rock. Um, I don't think that one needed a key, but uh, whatever. You got to pick your exploder button keys. Again, budgets, right? Uh, (laughs) Elevator? No. Um, So the ninjas and James and his wife have to escape through the what I presume was the water tunnel, so I guess the gas is gone? Um. But whatever, let's not get caught up in details. We're almost done with this. Uh, but, but they're swimming out into the ocean, which is never fun. Uh, but hey, luckily the good guys fly some planes brought by and drop some rafts. So yeah, luckily, I guess that was all part of the plan. You, you didn't know that Ninja School supplies planes and rafts. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it's a katana sword and... It's a flotation device. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, In the event of water stealth needs. <laughs> <laughs> Your hat is like a shark fin. Um, 
Yes. Yes. Uh, so he and she get on their own raft and there's this awkward cut between the explosion of the fake volcano and a sunset. Like it goes boom and they both look and then they're like, oh, there's a sunset. Time's passed. Okay. You got it? <laughs> and We're of not going to do it. Bond's wife was in bikini the whole time, like during the whole fight scene and everything. She had like something covering her up when they came back to the mountain, but at some point she loses it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was not cool. And as they uh, start to make out on the raft, because he's like, oh, we've got time to have our honeymoon now, like the submarine surfaces below them, and M tells Money Pen penny to go get him for his report and she's like i'd love to and that was the film Mm-hmm. yeah so you've both already said but uh yeah it did not live up to your childhood memories arturo no sadly <laughs> no i i would agree um so my last question that I have is like, because it's always a big topic, um, Arturo, when Daniel Craig leaves, who do you think should be the next James Bond? I have no idea, to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always thought Michael Fassbender. Ooh. He, yeah. would be, he would be a good Bond. I agree. Yeah. But you have to be part British, right? At least. I don't know if he's got British blood in him. Hmm. I don't know, but I... F- yeah, maybe you're right. I know they, they seem to love him there, though, because I recently watched a uh, clip of the Graham Norton show that he was on, and he was doing, like, some crazy, like, breakdancing move or something, and... <laughs> Graham Norton was like, oh, my God, please don't hurt yourself or the BBC will kill me. <laughs> it's like you're in all their movies and shows. They will kill me if you hurt yourself. <laughs> but uh, maybe he was just worried about the BBC having to pay the bill to someone else. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What about you, Paul? Who do you think? Oh, boy, that's a good question. I know that I do know that uh, the James Bond franchise is one that a lot of people are hoping uh, gets a minority lead at some point, like uh, Idris Elba or somebody like that. Yeah, um, which I which I do think would be interesting, and there are a good number of um, you know black British people uh, at this point that they could probably choose from as well. So. Oh, yeah, that guy who was um, in um, Serenity. He's really great, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this, and I, I want to preface by saying, like, I am totally being serious, and I'm not just being silly, like, half of this time. <laughs> but plus, I'm trying to work within a terrible system where women and minorities are hardly ever represented. Uh Like uh Hollywood whitewash ghost in the shell for crying out loud. Yes, true. Um, But when it came to casting like Chief in Wonder Woman, they did use an indigenous man. Mm -hmm. Of course, like they would never cast that guy as Steve Trevor, right? (laughs) Um, Which which is the problem. It's the problem. Right. 
So I was thinking, like, I, I can't think of anyone because of the way we treat people, but I was thinking it really would be interesting if the next 007 was like a pansexual non-binary actor. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Right, because Bond would then be able to interrogate all genders in that flirty Bond way. True. And then, like, non-binary means Bond would be, like, actually good at being undercover. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Spectre would be like, I have no idea where this person is. Right. Like, they wouldn't have no idea how to recognize Bond. So, I don't know, it's like... Here you go. Like, there's your Hollywood, like, fit it in because it works mm-hmm. thing. But, but yeah, I was like, that's a, that'd be interesting. Because I feel like that's the next, like, big area, right? It's like, okay, we're finally trying to get minorities and women into parts. But, like, now we have, like, all these people who don't want to identify gender, and that's awesome. So let's work with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that was my thought. I mean, like I said, I I don't know because we probably I I know like the actress or actor, sorry, in um, Sense Eight, but I'm not sure that they would be good, mm-hmm. and I don't think that um, that particular person is pansexual. Mm-hmm. So sure, but you could play that, I suppose. Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I had. Anybody have any other comments about the movie? We went kind of long because uh, Ninja School. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole um, act from Ninja School on movie jumped the shark. Yeah, I mean, even before that with the... Uh, He's got a turn Japanese part. That's where everything went off the rails for me. Well, it went off the rails at the beginning, but <laughs> I just I just picture um Roald Dahl going all like there will be explosions and ninjas and like a volcano thing and like the evil guy is gonna like blow up the thing and then, you know, like like a some teenager writing mm-hmm. a script or something. Yeah. It's it's interesting to think too, like they're both on Wikipedia and IMDb. There's like this story because humans love patterns and coincidences. But um, there's this story that the uh, most of the producers and like designers, and I think even like um, another writer that they had at the time before they got Dahl went to Japan to look for. Um, places to shoot things and they were going to leave but then they got invited to go to like a ninja school and check it out Mm. so so they stayed one more day in japan and the flight that they were scheduled to leave on like when it took off it immediately crashed and like almost everyone on the plane died so yeah like yucky story but it's like oh like, if they didn't go to ninja school, they might not have been able to tell the tale. Yeah. So that's a little weird thing about ninja school, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I, was, so. uh, I found the movie actually quite entertaining. I mean, I know I, uh, I ripped on it in several places, but a lot of that is... 
I think a certain amount of that is it's a product of its time. It's sort of similar to how we sort of we overlook a lot of the misogynistic parts of you know the original series Star Trek, for example, and all of. Uh, I mean, Captain Kirk and and James Bond are two heroes cut from a very similar cloth. Um, and, uh, their attitudes towards women and kind of how things, how things work in, uh, in their love lives are very similar and not the way that we think of things now, even though maybe at the time they were trying to be a little bit more progressive. I'm not sure that James Bond really was there with the, with an effort made towards being progressive in the same way that Star Trek was, but, um, the movie itself, I mean, uh, there's a lot of, if you go to, if you flash forward to the 90s and you watch the Austin Powers movies, especially the original Austin Powers movie, like, so many of the set designs and the character of Dr. Evil himself and all of the uh, references in it, so many of them draw more from this James Bond movie, I think, than in, than any other because it has those, like, over-the-top sequences. The, um, you know, this this is probably not as over-the-top as Moonra- Moonraker, for example, but it's it's pretty close. It's taking advantage of uh, the space race, of course, it's 1967, so they're, uh, you know, rockets are launching almost every month because NASA's trying to get people on the moon and Russia's doing the same. And um, so there's kind of a lot of spectacle uh, in this uh, movie. And the pacing isn't real great by modern standards, but um, I did have fun watching it. Um but I don't, I, again, I don't, uh, and I've seen it a couple of times, um, but I don't know that I would get a hankering to watch it again, except for, uh, comedic value. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, uh, I did have fun watching it. Like as soon as I was like, wait, this isn't like as cool as I remember James Bond movies being then <laughs> I, I like relaxed a little and had fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- especially the first time, like when we rewatched it and then when I came to do like the synopsis and take some notes, then I was being a little more critical, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is kind of a silly film for sure. And as far as they go, like there, I feel like there's one before this one that was like, really hard to watch one or two of them like dr no is pretty interesting but then like there's one or two before this one that like yeah they like just awkward like cuts and like okay this scene's done next like kind of stuff so so yeah you can see the progression of movie making by watching all the bond films (laughs) right right yeah, Arturo, you're probably not going to go recommend this one to anyone? No, definitely not. Um, I actually think I kind of need a palate cleanser, so probably going to watch one of the Pierce Brosnan ones. <laughs> yeah, just to get the taste of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. The one with I... the tank. Yeah? Yeah, is that the good one that you like, Paul? The one where he like drives a tank around? Um, 
the the best of the Pierce Brosnan ones, I think, is Goldeneye, which I think is was his premiere, was his first mm. um, James mm-hmm. Bond. I think that's his best. Um, they go downhill from there. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think they are all entertaining. Um, For sure. Like the over the top of all the gadgets and things that that makes it kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was uh, in 1967, the second James Bond movie. The first one was uh, the 1967 version of Casino Royale. Um, But in that one, uh, James Bond was played by uh, Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers. Yeah. Yep. That is correct. Yeah. Kind of a weird... I mean the the whole the whole history of the James Bond franchise is kind of interesting because the um the the rights are owned by Eon Productions um but it kind of like the rights to make James Bond movies sort of are co-owned by a couple uh a couple of entities and so there was one group also trying to make James Bond movies at the same time but couldn't use Sean Connery for them and so it was kind of uh kind of a weird history similar to uh modern day Spider-Man in which Sony owns the rights <laughs> to Spider-Man uh Disney owns Marvel and Disney wants Spider-Man to be in everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well um Arturo, uh, thank you so much for coming on in the short notice. I appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. It's it was it was um, although I didn't like the movie very much in the end, it was indeed entertaining, <laughs> as Paul says. So even though I'm a little sad that James Bond is not as cool as I remember, I certainly did have a good time watching it. So thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's awesome. I, you signed up to do another show later on, didn't you? I don't think so, but um, no. I can do that for sure if you want. I can't remember. But speaking of, uh, we uh, yeah, we were getting the kinks worked out tonight, so we went a little late, but uh, sorry about that. But uh, we are going to be back in a month because we have some stuff going on. <laughs> yes. What's up? Uh, March 1st, I think, is the next episode. And uh, so because these movies were so popular, um, there was another spy novel starring a person, star, a novel starring, another spy novel about a uh, super spy, and his name is Matt Helms, and they made a bunch of movies to try to compete with Bond and the person who plays Matt Helms is Dean Martin. So that ought to be cheeky. <laughs> so that's our next movie on March 1st, uh, Murderer's Row. I think that might be the second in the series because I could not find the first one for the life of me. So, but maybe something happened there. Maybe I got the first one and not the second one. Oh, I don't remember. But uh, thanks for listening. With Thanks for putting us in your ear holes. And uh, it's good to be back. I had fun. It was good chatting with Paul again and definitely Arturo. Likewise. Yeah. 
And uh, what was the old sign-off on this show? It was like, uh, was it uh, Bakaru Banzai? Yes, Bakaru Banzai. And it's like, uh, wherever you are, there you are. Is that it? Or yes. Something? Yes. Hey. That is it. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Sure. That's the sign-off for something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good night or good day, wherever you are in your commute, listening to us. Because we're stopping. Yes. At some point. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Good night. <laughs> good night. Good night.